I'm Rebecca Lauderdale, and I'm your host for the Women Physicians Flourish podcast. I'm an internist in the Deep South who knows firsthand about burnout and also about the sometimes difficult but often wonderful journey to flourishing. My mission is to make this statement true. Women Physicians Flourish. And this podcast brings you the science and evidence-based practices that have helped me most, as well as inspiring people and stories about this journey. Because doctors like you deserve not just to be free of burnout, but to flourish. Hi there, everyone. Today's interview is with Dr. Karen Kaufman. She's an allergist immunologist who started her career in the military, joined a group practice, and then realized she wanted something more, something more than the impersonal, unfulfilling group practice she was in. During the pandemic, she made the bold, courageous step to strike out on her own and now has a thriving solo practice in Virginia where she gives patients the type of care she wants to give and is able to practice on her own terms. Doing this interview reminded me of my own experience, how isolated I felt at times and how sometimes I felt trapped. I, I didn't really have mentors or physicians around me who were doing the type of work I wanted to do, so I couldn't see a way out sometimes. I could barely see past my nose, and that contributed to depression, which if you've had before, you know it just makes it even harder to see possibilities when you're depressed. It was like getting sucked into a dark vortex. And I don't want that to happen to you. (laughs) So I'm here, and so are lots of other physicians, including Dr. Kaufman, saying, look, you don't have to be stuck. There are all of these different ways of being a physician, as many ways as there are physicians. I made the mistake of always trying to do self-improvement, but it was to fit a model of what I thought I was supposed to be. And it took a long time, and even now I still work on it. I think it's probably lifelong work to fall in love with who I am and who I can be at my best. It took a long time to figure out even who that was, even though as I realized it, I had really always known deep down. Some of the things that helped me were learning about the studies on character strengths and values. I talked some about this in episode two or three when I talked about the PERMA framework that uh, Martin Seligman developed. And one of the key elements of human flourishing, high life satisfaction, is knowing your strengths and using them, developing them, not just focusing on your weaknesses, Focusing on weaknesses really doesn't lead to high life satisfaction. If you focus on your strengths and use those to help you fix deficiencies, you're much happier and you get a lot further. And what I'm talking about isn't talents or skills. I'm talking about things that are character traits. And you can learn more about this by looking up Martin Seligman's work or going to the VIA Strengths website. That's V-I-A Strengths. So these are things that can be strengthened. So the ones you score lower on aren't always weaknesses. They're just things you don't naturally do without effort. And they can be built. There's a great deal of evidence 
evidence behind these assessments. There's the VIA assessment that I just mentioned that's free online and has been validated through large populations developed by a large body of scientists, social scientists who are from all different cultures. And that makes a difference. These are things that carry across cultural and religious boundaries and have been administered millions of times to people in every country of the world. There's also a survey by Gallup, the Gallup company that is paid. And it's a similar test with similar resources that you can purchase along with it. So for example, my top strength on the via strengths assessment is love of learning. And that really rings true for me. I feel compelled to learn new systems of thinking and new sets of knowledge. And when I'm doing that in my own special way, in combination with my other strengths and with a feeling of purpose, I feel like my life is amazing. Even if I'm working hard, if I'm not learning something new, planning some new system or skill, I start to languish. But it's important to note that if I were using someone else as a template for how I should be achieving and what I should be doing, I could be really doing myself a disservice. And so, you know, this is true for all of us. Be very careful in making comparisons. So when you combine your strengths and then your purpose, a connection to something larger, And that's something you find for yourself, too. It's not something handed to you by somebody else. You might find that it takes you in a different direction than where you've been going. If you've been out of touch with those things and then you're faced with a choice to stop growing, to languish or to do something that might be scary or risky, but has the potential to be the best decision you've ever made for yourself. So I guess what I'm really trying to say today is Find a way to fall in love with yourself, with who you really are at your core, and be kind to that person. Feed and water and exercise them and nurture the best parts. And what comes from that is something unique and rare and precious. And that's what the world needs from you, not for you to be trying to be someone else. So now let me tell you more about our guest today. Dr. Karen Kaufman is an allergist immunologist who fulfills a need for personalized high-value care in Northern Virginia. She understands the unrelenting burden of allergies and recurrent infections, medication fatigue, quality of life impairment, and the frustration that can be experienced when symptoms remain unexplained without a clear answer. Dr. Kaufman's a great listener and a compassionate problem solver who helps her patients get the answers they need and feel well again like they deserve. She is double boarded in allergy immunology and internal medicine. She's a fellow of the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma and Immunology and has been recognized repeatedly as a top doctor in the greater Washington, D.C. area. Dr. Kaufman recently opened her own practice, Kaufman Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, where she provides the highest quality of care to children and adults. We talked today about her journey from group practice to private practice and um, the the courageous decisions she made um, along the way. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the interview. 
Dr. Karen Kaufman, thank you so much for being here today. I have introduced our listeners to you and your background already. And I have to say, I've been looking forward to talking with you because you've been courageous and followed a path that hasn't been always easy, but it's been a path of choosing flourishing for yourself and for your patients. And that's what this podcast is all about. I would like to start our conversation by asking you just to think back over the past year or two and tell us about why you made the decision to go from a group practice to starting your own practice. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be a part of your podcast. And this is something that I just feel so much passion about because gosh, the last year or two has just been a tremendous time of change for me. And if I even go back, let's say two years from today, I will tell you that I was an unhappy physician and I was struggling in a practice where I felt like I didn't have enough support and I didn't have any feelings of appreciation or that that feedback was really just lacking. And I never thought that I would ever leave the situation that I was in. It didn't even occur to me. It really just was not even on my mind. This was my first job in private practice after completing my military service. And I really didn't know how it went with jobs. Like I kind of just felt like you just end up in wherever it was that you ended up and that's just where you stayed. And and it didn't even occur to me that that wasn't the right situation for me. So the following, you know, what happened thereafter over the course of the next probably six months was that I really started to realize I've got to get out of here. Like, this is just not, this is not good for me. This is not the right place for me. And I was really struggling. So finally, when I realized I think I need to leave, then it really opened my eyes to how much possibility was really even out there, which I, mm-hmm. I felt so stifled in, during the time that I was, w- was there that I, I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see what was available. So from that point on, the journey has just been of just massive acceleration and movement toward moving into a whole new direction. And it's been really exciting. I mean, it hasn't been without a lot of trials and tribulations, but getting to that point where I made the decision of, I need to leave this position, that did not come easy for sure, but it was probably one of the most important parts. Mm. I love that you're talking about this because I think it's so important for physicians to hear stories of what the possibilities are and of people like you who have made these kind of transitions, even when they may not be looking, like you said, it didn't even register for a while that that was even something to think about. Absolutely. And it's been my experience that hearing stories like yours and other similar stories from other physicians helped me to recognize ways that I'm not listening to what I really need or what I really want and opened up the world of possibilities. So were there other physicians or stories that you heard that kind of shook up some of that, some of those thoughts you were having that were in the way? Interestingly, no. So I felt very isolated. So I was in this multi-specialty group, but it was a group where, you know, like I could come to work and leave and wouldn't, we wouldn't even communicate with one another within the group. Like no one said, good morning, how's it going? I just felt like I was so isolated in this little bubble of what I was doing that I wasn't of the mindset of let me see what's out there. I wasn't 
engaging in personal development. I wasn't listening to podcasts. I wasn't really doing much going to in-person conferences. My kids were young. And so I would just do the virtual meetings for my CME and stuff like that. So I was not reaching out. So for me to have gotten from that point to the, I need to get out of here, I was really at this point of zero where I was like, okay, so now what? What is there? And then how do I go from here? So actually what started for me was, so I'm an allergist immunologist. And so I thought if I need to get out of here, like where would I then go? And um, a good friend of mine is an otolaryngologist. And I thought, well, I knew that she had probably within the last couple of years made partner in her practice. And I thought maybe... I don't know, maybe they could take on an allergist or something. I just didn't even know what to do. So I I called her up and actually she and I weren't even great, great friends at that point yet, but we knew each other. And I called her up and I said, can I entice you to, to join me for a cup of coffee? And I have some things I'd like to share with you or some things I'd like to brainstorm with you. And, you know, having that conversation was so good because it really started to get my wheels turning of what are some of the possibilities. And going back in time 10 years ago when I was a fellow, I knew that there were allergists that are coming out of my fellowship training that went into their own solo practice. And that always was something that was interesting to me. I didn't really know that that was a thing that doctors nowadays could even do. Like, mm-hmm. could, you even, could you be in solo practice? But as an allergist, you really can. And um, after I sat down with my friend, I started reaching out to some of those folks that I that I knew from training years ago and trying to connect with them to say, okay, like what's the process been like for you? And could I foresee myself in this kind of situation? So it really started just from very local grassroots, like who do I know and who can I talk to? And then as I started to move in the direction of starting to make some decisions, that's when I really opened my mind to what else is happening outside of my little bubble. And then I really became inspired. So that helped a lot. So what you said a few minutes ago about how we're just trained to work in our systems and not really think a lot about what what we could be doing differently because we're medical students and you just, you have to go through the curriculum and you're a resident and you have to follow the rules. You have to go through the curriculum. And so then when you get outside to a practice, you just don't recognize the power that you can have. And I think many of us just don't consider that was certainly the case for me. And I was always like a rule follower anyway. So it took a really long time and a lot of like deep pain and discomfort to shake that up. So it reminds me of the stories I've heard told about raising elephants in captivity. (laughs) If you keep them like chained up from when they're little, they don't realize they can break the chains once they get bigger. So I think in extreme situations, that's kind of what it's like for us. But perspective. Yeah. You mentioned just feeling disconnected and there wasn't a lot of camaraderie or appreciation how did that affect you? Did it come home with you? It was bad. I mean, I would say at the lowest point of my burnout experience, which I didn't even know was burnout, to be honest with you, I was really experiencing a massive extent of fatigue and like profound daytime sleepiness. And I thought like, could I have narcolepsy? Like I just did not know what was going on. I had two sleep studies. I went and saw a primary physician for the first time in probably too long and, you know, tried to just get everything checked out. And it took months for me to realize that I was just this, this blanket of of unhappiness that had been laid upon me that I felt this weight from that I just had such a struggle to get out from under. So 
Once I started to realize this is stemming from the fact that I'm under a lot of pressure to produce and I don't get any support for quite a long time. I didn't even have a nurse. I mean, I was doing like all of my own stuff. Oh my goodness. Doing all my own testing. It was just, it was such a tremendous expectation. And then when we would sit down and have these like productivity meetings and stuff, it was constantly like, you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. You're not producing enough. Yet clinically at the same time, I was thriving. So within the first year of coming into this practice, I was named to the top doctors list, local magazine, which I've been on every single year since then. So this is a list that's voted upon by, by other physicians. That's by my peers. So the outcome of the care I was providing was being appreciated outwardly by mm-hmm. you know, other physicians in the community. Mm-hmm. Yet I was not getting that internally within my own practice. And that was very defeating. It was really mm-hmm. hard. Um, yeah. So all of that, there were just so many factors that played a role. But finally to say, I don't have to be in this situation. I really thought for a long time that the problem was me and the problem wasn't the situation that I was in, the practice that I was in. But finally, when I was able to mentally make that shift, that's when I decided I have to go. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. That yeah. mental shift is like, it's so powerful. It's extremely powerful. <laughs> so you are you're practicing it you're practicing in the same geographical area now. I am for your private practice. Yeah, I'm about 10 just over 10 miles away from where I was previously. And actually it's an interesting story. So I had a I had an extremely restrictive non-compete. And mm-hmm. you know, the good thing is is that a lot of the I think things are changing a lot where, you know, when there's any kind of contesting of a non-compete, there's a lot of favoring to the individual physician. And so I worked with excellent counsel to try and figure out what the right thing was to do. So I ended up in a location that was just over 10 miles away. And as it turned out, which is so funny. So when I left, so I gave, I gave my three months notice and I left my practice and had about two months of downtime from when I left to when I opened um, my own practice. And the practice where I had left, they never really came together to hire another allergist. They had a couple of other individuals come in temporarily, but really not with any longevity. And so a lot of my old patients were able to come over to follow me into my new practice. And actually now patients call my old practice to get an appointment. And they'll say, well, (laughs) you don't have an allergist. You want to go see Dr. Kaufman? (laughs) So they're just sending people my way. They're marketing for you. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it really is truly amazing. But yeah, so, so that was, there was a lot of stressors involved. A lot of the business aspects of starting a practice, which I really had no idea. We're not trained for this. We're trained to be great clinicians, but we're not trained to be business, business people or business owners. And so as I started to go through the possibilities of what should I do? Should I join someone? Is this the time that I should open my own practice? This all coincided with the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, wow. So so that was just crazy. So interestingly, at my old practice, they reduced all provider schedules to part-time because of cash flow and stuff like that. So I felt like with the pandemic starting, I was really gifted a couple days a week where I wasn't seeing patients that I now had to completely dedicate to figuring out what I needed to do, what were the Mm -hmm. steps to take, and how to really set myself up for great success in opening my own practice. So Mm -hmm. conferences started to go virtual, you know, which now this is so commonplace to do everything virtual. Back then, conferences, I mean, prior to the pandemic, conferences were all in person. So, So I started engaging in what was out there. And one of the most um, influential 
experiences I had at the very beginning was a virtual conference put on by Phil Boucher that was called the Back to Busy Summit. And it was completely revolved around private practice. And there were so many speakers. And I remember it was one of the days I wasn't working and I was like doing yard work. I had my headphones on (laughs) and I was so like engaged with literally every single thing that was being said that I felt like, oh my gosh, like this is such a good opportunity for me, but I don't know what I'm doing. And so rather than starting at zero, which is really where I felt that I was, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to just latch on to what all of these other people have been doing and just learn from them and mm-hmm. try to exponentially catch up a little bit in the knowledge base in order to be able to do this. Um, so that's where I first, I first was introduced to my business coach who has been extremely influential. She also has her own private practice, which she opened 10 years ahead of me. So I've got 10 years of experience to learn from, and that's really been invaluable. So at that point, I started really connecting with others and learning from other people who are doing the things that I wanted to do because it's too overwhelming. There's so many things and there's so many steps that to start from zero by yourself is it's a frightening place to be in. So to be able to pull tips from other people that have already attended the school of hard knocks, you can get over those Mm -hmm. hurdles without having to face them all. So yeah. And I didn't become aware of the online communities of physicians like Leverage and Growth Accelerator yep. with Peter Kim and Pranay Parikh and Dr. Una with EntreMD. And I know that there are others that uh, you mentioned Phil Bichet's program or the summit that he did. There is there's a vast physician community online that that doctors can access from wherever they are. And being involved in those communities is even if you aren't planning to, you know, change your practice or change your business, but you just need some, you just want some community. And then later on, you might get convinced to move, (laughs) to change or do something different. There is, it's just, you can't put a price on the value of that kind of support and understanding. You mentioned already how not being supported or appreciated in your practice is incredibly important and can keep us from can keep us from being happy and just in general because we're made to belong we're made to connect and if you don't have opportunities to do that at work that's a really big deal and some of us were trained up in programs where that really wasn't important or where we started out in practices where that wasn't valued. And you don't realize that that lack of connection has a real impact on our well-being. And I would encourage anybody listening who feels that way or who hasn't been connected with any of the online physician communities to just go look. And there's so many. There are there are private Facebook groups that are free. There are some that are paid programs and they're just invaluable. One thing I think that's so true about our physician community though, is that people want to share their wealth of knowledge with others. You know, we're mm-hmm. social people. We want to we have these great wins and share them. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to learn from that. So I completely agree with you because when you don't have that and you spend the majority of time at work where, where it's a negative experience for you, you bring that home. I mean, my Mm -hmm. husband was like, you're not happy. And I was like, well, I know, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so my kids feel that and my husband feels that it's not fair for, for them, but it's also not fair for me to Mm -hmm. go through my life that way. So it's, it's great to know that there are lots of steps that you can take and there's lots of help to take them. 
Yeah. Sure. And when things feel really overwhelming, that there's so much to learn, remember that there are a lot of people out there who really want to help. Yeah. Um, and also that the quality of the experience when you're doing difficult things, but you're doing it because you love it, you're doing it because you're energized about it, yeah. is completely different. Your capacity for that kind of work is not the same as your capacity for the kind of work that's drudgery where you don't get appreciated and you don't have connection. I, um, I completely agree. And I say this all the time. Like I have had some hard days. Mm-hmm. It is not an easy road for sure. And and I've had some amazing days, but I've had some hard days. And even on those hardest days, they were still better than my best days where I wasn't in that situation. And so you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your family. You're doing it for the ability to provide patient care in the way that your patients deserve. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something that just feels so good about doing that. So even when there's struggle, it's like, it's easier to get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. How can our listeners find you? So my practice is called Kaufman Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, and we are located in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., right here in Northern Virginia in a town called Mm -hmm. Vienna. Mm -hmm. And so for anyone in the Northern Virginia area, I I am an allergist immunologist who sees children and adults and helps them thrive and overcome the burdensome symptoms that keep them from obtaining their best quality of life. For everyone else, you can find me on my website which is kaufmanallergy.com or on social media on Facebook at Kaufman Allergy or on Instagram at doctor.kaufmanallergy. All right. So last question, but I think the most fun. Tell us a book, TV series, movie, something lately that or, or podcast, something you've listened to, something you've watched that you would recommend to our... Okay, that's a great question. Well, I am a, I'm a podcast listener. I'm an audiobook person and I occasionally get to a little bit of TV. So um, my, my podcast choices, I think that I prefer include the Entree MD podcast, which is really what got me into learning the most about how to build a business and how to thrive in private practice. For any any physician who's looking to do something similar, that is a must listen. As far as books, right now I'm in the middle of Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, which is such a good, I know, it's such a good book. (laughs) And there's just so many golden nuggets with every chapter. I've been really enjoying Brene's work. On TV, right now, I would say what inspires me the most is watching the Olympics. When I get a chance in the evening, I I love hearing the grassroots stories of these amazing athletes and their trials and tribulations of getting to be on such an amazing platform. I would say, I I think right now, it's very easy to find inspiration in a lot of places. Wonderful. Thank you so much for those recommendations. You know, all of us are always looking for good recommendations. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So again, thank you so much. I have really enjoyed our conversation. I think we could probably talk forever about this stuff. (laughs) Hopefully we'll get to meet in person one day. Absolutely. Um, once all the pandemic is done. But thank you so much. I'll make sure all your links are in the show notes. And I appreciate you, Karen. Thank, thank you for you being so on the much. podcast today. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It makes a big difference in visibility and my getting this message out to other women physicians like you. You can always find me on social media, dr.lauderdale, Dr. Lauderdale on Instagram. 
And you can find me at Rebecca at RebeccaLauderdaleMD.com if you want to shoot me a message. Always a pleasure. And until next time, much love.